Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. Please follow along in your Bibles or on the screen above. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. That's the word of God. Amen. Good to be here. Good morning. It's um, always a blessing to be able to share the gospel message with you. And uh, praise team always uh, surprises me every time I come by here um, singing Abba. Um, it's it's the, the only group that my father really listened to when we were growing up. And so very familiar with all the Abba songs. Even when I was around 10, 12, I was able to sing all of Abba's song and uh what an interesting way to begin Sunday morning worship, right, with uh, Dancing Queen. So thank you for that praise team. Um, here at New Mercy, we've been going through a new sermon series called The Kingdom and the Church. What does the kingdom of God and the calling of the church, where do they intersect? When we see life in God's kingdom perspective, how do we see the church, this community, and our Christian faith differently. So today we end with Matthew thirteen thirty one to 33, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God in the parable of the mustard seed. Um, so let us dive in, um, and let's just really just ask the Spirit to come join us as he moves us. So let us pray one more time. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you give us a kingdom mindset and remind us on a daily basis through this community called church that, Lord, we are to see from your perspective. Lord, may you be with us in your presence this morning. May you really just soften our hearts and our mind and our ears and our bodies so that we really can receive you the way you want to be received. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, as we were preparing for this sermon series and we we're talking about what is the kingdom of God and how does it relate to the church? You know, as pastors, because here at New Mercy, we have a round table. We have many pastors and we gather together before the next sermon series to talk about the preaching rotation, who's going to preach on what, what topic, what theme, how do they relate? And as we were doing this plan, planning session, um, there's Pastor Chris, who was sitting on the left side of me, says something like this as we were talking about kingdom of God. You know what? Kingdom of God, that means there has to be a king in the kingdom. And that kind of struck a chord with me because as we were going through this series about kingdom of God, it's very easy to forget that in the kingdom, there has to be a king. And when there's a king... There are worshipers, congregants, people of the land that serve the king. What does it mean to be part of this kingdom? And how often do we forget that in this kingdom that we live, in this kingdom mindset that we want to have, the kingdom of God that God 
shows us in the pictures and parables and stories. How often do we forget there is a king? Which means then we must think about how does this king see life? From the king's perspective, how do things look? How does this king perceive us? How does he care for us? How does he love us? What are the laws of the land? And why does he create them? And in order for God to teach us about what this kingdom looks like, through Jesus, constantly tells these weird stories, short snippets called parables. And as we read these parables, we scratch our heads thinking, what are you talking about? Kingdom of God, I've never heard such a phrase. Or, or what does this kingdom that you describe look like? Because as you're talking about it, as you're telling us stories about it, it looks more and more nothing like what I imagined what this kingdom to look like. So we dive in, once again, asking this question. What is the kingdom of God? And why in this passage in Matthew 13... God speaks through Jesus Christ that kingdom of God is like the mustard seed and the mustard seed plant. You know, everybody these days posts, you know, those of you who post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, constant posting, constant reading, constant updates about what people are thinking about, what they're doing, pictures, posts, I mean, In some sense, it's very easy for us to find out what others are up to. If you have an account in Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and many other apps that they exist today, you know what I'm talking about. There are endless posts about what people are thinking, what they're doing, what they enjoy, what dislike, so forth. And if you ended up writing something back in the day, before the internet existed, we had to write a literal post, right, physically, and post it somewhere. And there were many disadvantages to that because, you know, you had to actually take the time to write and create. If you made a mistake, you couldn't just press delete button. You had to use whiteout or just start all over. And then you had to find the physical location where there were a lot of people traveling through, and you can literally physically post it, hoping, hoping that someone will read it and respond if necessary. But the great thing about physically posting something rather than online is that in the process of creating that post, the message that we want to put up, it takes time. So we think and rethink and rethink about what we're writing. And then by the time we get to the place where we have to literally physically post something and we look at that post and we say, wow, there's a mistake there. Or that's not exactly what I wanted to say. I can physically go there and put it down, not worrying so much about how many people actually saw this post. And even if a lot of people saw it, I mean, how many could there be compared to things that we post online where immediately there are tens Hundreds and thousands of people who can quickly look at it and respond. And it boggles my mind. I mean, 
I know even among pastoral staff, we are in different spectrum. And I'm definitely on the, on the spectrum where I don't really post too much stuff online. And I think part of it is, is it just takes rigor and effort to think through these thoughts that you want to post up. I mean, I'm not talking about the light, fluffy stuff where you just put up videos of your kids. But even then, you, it makes you think twice as a parent. Like, should I put this up? And if so, what kind of effect is it going to have on me or my kids or my family? And it just boggles my mind when I see posts by people who carelessly, at the instant thought that they have or feeling, they just immediately put it up there. And what happens? You get immediate response. All the likes and all the dislikes. No, I agree with you about, you know, your political stance or your theological points that you make. Or, or oh, I went through the same thing that you're experiencing right now. Two, I hate what you're posting up. Totally disagree with your theological or political stance that you're taking. Or you make absolutely no sense. You should put post this post down. Today, with the immediate posting uh, prowess, you know, by the likes of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there really is no grace period in this publication. And I wonder sometimes, if Jesus lived today among us, and he had a Facebook account, Twitter, or Instagram, what would he post? How many likes would he get? How many dislikes would he get? My inclination is that no matter how thoughtful Jesus would have been, no matter how gracious or loving he would have been, if he lived among us today in the 21st century with internet and he posted things online, he might get some death threats. We might look at his post and say, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. In fact, what you're posting on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I totally disagree. We would probably think, did he just tweet that? I mean, what is he saying? You know, while people are writing obituaries, picking out the ta- uh, caskets, preparing for the funeral, someone in the bereaved family will reach out to Jesus for counsel. Jesus, I lost a loved one. Please give me some wisdom. And Jesus tweets, let the dead bury their own dead. What? Jesus, I wanted this thing so badly, so I went into the store store and stole it. I just took it. And now I feel guilty. Provide me some wisdom. What should I do? Jesus tweets, If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. What? Jesus, there are people who just destroyed my families, who hurt us, cheated us. What do you want us to do? Jesus tweets, love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you. Jesus, you keep talking about this kingdom of God, but we don't know what you're talking about. Can you please clarify what you exactly mean? And then here's an Instagram post of Jesus standing right next to a a mustard seed bush about five, six feet tall and says, kingdom of God is like this. Him just pointing at a bush. And we scratch our heads 
and we wonder, what the heck is he talking about? How can I follow a man who seems like a lunatic, who keeps tweeting or putting pictures of Instagram, talking about things of this world and beyond that I have absolutely no idea what he's talking about or that I disagree with? Especially when he describes what the kingdom of God is like. You know, throughout the New Testament, Jesus constantly talks about kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And he tweets, and he puts up Instagrams, he puts posts on Facebook. And today, we see this picture of a mustard seed and a mustard seed bush. And he says, look, kingdom of God is just like this bush. What does he mean? I think the first thing that Jesus perhaps wanted to point out to us is the kingdom of God, like the mustard seed, that is very small, very tiny, is that kingdom of God is created and built upon small, humble things. Small, and humble things. It is more likely that the message of the world and the life that we live in, in this world, that the, we are encouraged to think big, think grand. But here Jesus says, kingdom of God is like this mustard seed and mustard seed bush. Small and ordinary kingdom of heaven is made up of humble, small things. You know, they say that mustard seed is only about 0.05 inches. And we know for a fact, actually, it's not the smallest seed. Now, you know, scientifically speaking, there are smaller seeds. But during the time of Jesus, when he's giving this parable and his preaching, they all knew what a mustard seed was. And they knew that among all the seeds that they know about, mustard seed was the smallest. 0.05 millimeters, uh, inches. And then the average size of the mustard seed plant grew to only three to six feet high. Right? And we scratch our heads because in the passage, Jesus says, it will then, this bush will then turn into a tree where the birds will come. And find nest and rest upon it. But reality is the mustard seed when it's planted. The average mustard seed plant. More like a bush. Only grows up to five to six feet tall. In Jesus' day, it was common for people to say something like uh, mustard seed. In order to suggest that it was very, very small. Mustard seed indeed is a small seed. Perhaps it's not the smallest, but when Jesus says that this mustard, tiny little mustard seed, when it's planted, it grows exponentially of its size. This parable is Jesus using hyperbole, right? Using imagery to make a point. And the point is not whether or not a bird could nest in a mustard bush. Or even whether the mustard 
can become a bush or, in fact, a tree. But rather the amazing fact that Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to something as ordinary and small as a mustard seed and mustard seed shrub. Now I wonder, Jesus could have said, kingdom of God is like the cedar, this oak tree, redwoods, trees that go far beyond our reach, that it, it just drives our imagination wild. How could something so small become so big? When we think of kingdom of God, we don't think in small terms. We hope deep down inside that Jesus would have said the kingdom of God is like this oak tree. You see how huge, how strong it is? It will weather the storm. We look at it and we can use it to build our own personal kingdoms. We will use it for ourselves. Look at how grand it is. In fact, that's how the disciples thought. That's how Jesus' followers thought. When Jesus said, kingdom of God, they immediately thought, yes, I know what a kingdom looks like. There's a king with a crown on his head. And he has gold. He has silver. He has everything that he wants at his fingertips. And we are to serve him. But if we're good servants... We can enter that kingdom and work as his right-hand man, left-hand man, and we can receive that power. We can receive that wealth, and we can build our own little kingdoms in this world. In fact, the disciples fought over this. While Jesus went out into the mountains to pray, the disciples fought. You know what? I am going to be his right-hand man. And when they argued about that, what they meant was, in their minds, they thought that the kingdom of God looked just like the kingdom that they can physically see, which is one of power and wealth, authority. And yet, here's Jesus, who says, actually, kingdom of God is made up of small little things, humble and tiny just like this mustard seed. We American Christians especially tend to think of God's kingdom a bit more triumphantly than a mustard seed bush, just like the disciples. We think that the kingdom of God will be amazing, and in it, because we're Christians, because we follow Christ, we will have this power here and now. We will have authority. We will have wealth. Things that are necessary. But I wonder if Jesus is challenging us this morning when he says kingdom of God will be just like the mustard seed, the mustard seed bush. It won't be grand as what you're thinking. But rather it will be small. It will build on humble things. Jesus wants us to think small. Shrubs. Unimpressive shrubs compared to empires, trees, grand, big, powerful things of this world. Shrub, for all its limitations, is a miraculous sign of the work of God. And this is where God moves. This is how the Spirit builds 
Barbara Brown Taylor in her book, Seeds of Heaven, writes this. God decided to hide the kingdom of heaven, not in any of the extraordinary places that treasure hunters would be sure to check, but in the last place that any of us would think to look, namely in the small, ordinary circumstances of our everyday lives. You know, in the past just two months of this summer, I was so blessed and thankful to witness these small, ordinary things. Kingdom of God that burst here and there, glimmers of hope and love, even here at New Mercy. I went to a, a, a surprise birthday party yesterday for a brother in wheelchair at our church. And these brothers and sisters of Christ, his friends, gathered together and said, you know what, he's never had a surprise party, so let's throw him one. It's not a grand party. There were like 15 people there in a small Italian restaurant. You know, It wasn't extravagant. In fact, the only decoration we had was six balloons <laughs> tied to a chair. But in that experience, in that image, in that small, ordinary acts of service, I believe there was kingdom of God. There was somebody in our church who visited a woman who's very sick, very worried, constantly going into the hospital, constantly hearing bad news. When her close friends found out, they went and reached out to her, and they prayed with her. They listened to her. They're constantly thinking on their own, how can I be of service to this friend? Small, ordinary, but kingdom of God. Visiting a couple with a newborn child and celebrating with them, small and ordinary, and yet kingdom of God having a heart-to-heart conversation with the married couple who's having a difficult time getting pregnant, listening to their stories, their worries and concerns, and praying with them and for them. Calling a friend just to check, just to check in, seeing how he or she is doing because she or he hasn't come to church for a month. Preparing and giving a random small gift to someone because while you're passing by at a mall or a store, you thought, you know what? I don't know why. It's tugging my heart. I think this person that I'm thinking of would love this. Small little gifts. Kingdom of God. Being patient and taking the time to explain the message of the gospel to a five-year-old child during VBS. And I saw this teacher trying to explain, this is what God wants in our lives. And this five-year-old constantly asking, unknowingly, why? 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 And yet, I, see, I saw this teacher, right, on her knees, eye to eye, explaining to this five-year-old child over and over again, this is what the lesson plan is. This is what God wants us to learn today. Showing love and care for this one five-year-old child for the next five to ten minutes, as annoying as it is, That patience, small, ordinary things, shows the sparks of what kingdom of God looks like. Coming an hour early to church, 
with two children on our own and setting up welcoming table and, and helping out with the worship setup. If you think about it, it's not much. But it's these small, ordinary things that God is trying to teach us, they will build. And these are the things of kingdom of God. Small, ordinary things. It doesn't have to be restricted to our church, but those are the example, real-life examples that I've seen just in the past two months here at New Mercy and many more that I didn't share. And I want to challenge you, challenge myself, challenge this church. Do we think of kingdom of God that way? Do we challenge ourselves to do small, little, ordinary things for the sake of God? Every day. Or are we constantly busy praying to God and asking God, God, I want this power. I want this authority. I want this freedom. Give it to me. Give, give it to me in, in large sum, portions. Nothing wrong with that. But some of us are constantly waiting for miracles to happen. Something grand, something extraordinary. And therefore, we miss the small, ordinary ways in which kingdom of God can exist in our lives right now. Secondly, kingdom of God is not just small and built upon ordinary things, but it can spread widely and quickly. When Jesus says kingdom of God is like the mustard seed and the mustard seed shrub bush, he's saying it's small. You plant it. And it sneaks up on you. It will spread wildly and quickly than you ever imagined. You know, now that I'm a homeowner, uh, one of the annoying things is I got to actually go out and take out the weeds and cut the grass. And, you know, all my life, I didn't grow up in a house. I grew up in an apartment or a townhome where stuff like that were taken care of, <laughs> you know. Um, and now I understand the luxury of living in an apartment or townhomes because it just the other day, our grass was like up to my knee and the weeds were just spreading all over. And I see them out the window. I, I, I tell myself I should go out and pluck them, but I don't want to. <laughs> and then I think my wife, Hannah, got sick and tired of it. And so one day it was just pouring rain beginning of this week. And 8 in the morning, I see her outside taking out the weeds just by herself. And this is how kind of like my wife is. She constantly tells me something to do, and I don't do it right away. She just goes does it herself. And then in the, in the me seeing it, feel really guilty. And, and so the guilt moves me, <laughs> right? Dragging my feet, and I'm thinking back of my mind, why are you outside 8 in the morning on a Monday morning, my rest day, and it's pouring rain, and you're pulling out weeds. And she's a wise woman. She grew up in a home. You know, to pull out weeds, I've done it in dry heat. And it is hours of painstaking work. But even though it was tough because it was raining, the ground, the soil is wet. It was much easier to pull out the weeds. But still, it was a two hours work. To me, it's meaningless. It's just annoying, painful work. On your knees, pulling stuff out. And yet, 
it is necessary. Because what do these weeds do? They spread wildly and quickly. The blink of an eye, when I let it go for a week, two weeks, three weeks, it spreads all over, right? Killing whatever flowers or plants or grass that you wanted to grow there. And just like that, God says, this mustard seed is tiny. Oh, but when you plant it, it's going to sneak up on you. This gospel message, this love of God, this mercy that I want to spread throughout this world, in your community, in your family, in your personal lives, it will spread widely and quickly, and perhaps you might not even notice it. And it's going to be hard to pull this out. In fact, it's here to stay, is what God's saying. When he says that kingdom of God is like this mustard seed and this mustard seed shrub. It will spread widely and quickly. And it can't be stopped. It's not just about how little things turn into great big things. It's also about how the kingdom of God takes over everything around it. The mustard takes over the field. They are small and seem insignificant, but they change everything around it. That's how the kingdom of God works. They are highly invasive. Kingdom of God is persistent. And kingdom of God is hard to get rid of. And this is why we go on mission trips. This is why we serve locally in our families in this community called New Mercy. We serve persistently. You know, if you think about going on foreign missions, you could argue it's better to collect that fund and not send anybody physically there and just send them money and it can do a lot more damage, a lot more amazing works. But we go. You can argue, why do we go to the same country, same site, same missionary every year? Let's just go different places every year. And if you think about it, that's an easier way to do missions. To go every year to a new place, new location, meet new people and say, wow, that's amazing. God, thank you. Now we're going to go to a different country, different location with different missionary and see what you're doing there. Oh, thank you. And let's go somewhere else. In fact, to commit to one location, to work with one missionary To one site, one group of people is actually more difficult. Why? Because we have to be persistent. We have to spread like this mustard seed and constantly be there and take over and constantly speak love and grace of God into those lives, the people that we serve. You know, Thailand just left. And and, and as we were sending them off and praying for them on Wednesday night prayer, and I, I thought to myself, God was giving me these images of uh, moments when I was in Thailand. And I kept thinking about these individual women that I've met who came out from sex trafficking. And I thought about the missionaries that we've been working with for years. For one woman, to rescue one woman out of sex trafficking, you know how many hours of love that was poured out into this one woman? You know how many conversations had to take place? You know how many years it takes? You know how many time and effort and finances that go into this one woman to be saved? And God's saying, kingdom of God has to look like this, and it is like this, and it will be like this. And we as servants of God must say yes to such persistence and constant love of Jesus Christ that has to be spread out throughout the world. Far beyond in here. 
around us. Because that's what kingdom of God is like and it should be like. Are we persistently, constantly serving others and those around us? In small, ordinary things so that over time it grows and grows and grows. That when we look back after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we see the fruit of God's labor that has been worked throughout our lives, and we say, thank you, Lord. I just had that image, too, when I saw the praise team up here. You know, I remember like two years ago, perhaps even less than a year ago, you can say that we had one guitarist, one drummer, and maybe a bassist or a keyboardist once in a while. There were... 10, 15 of you out there in this congregation. And yet, look at this church now. Not to just pat ourselves on the back, but think about it. Why do brothers and sisters in Christ here at New Mercy, just looking at our context, why do we gather? Why do we grow? Why do we constantly go out into this world and serve the Lord and say, we really want to be church for the broken? Why are we so persistent? in sharing the gospel message, and we grow little by little. No. Why? Because sometimes that's what kingdom of God is like. Small, ordinary things, but as we do it faithfully, as we serve day in and day out, grow slowly but surely. Our small, humble actions of kindness and love as we try to live like Jesus Christ, can and will spread widely and quickly. God's way is quiet. It's small, slow, and humble, and yet persistent and unrelenting. Last but not least, when Jesus says kingdom of God is like the mustard seed and the shrub that grows out of it, means that kingdom of God can grow to be unusually large beyond our expectations. It can grow. Yes, it's not going to be the oak tree size. It's not going to be that cedar tree size. But for what it is, this tiny little seed, it will grow. And on average, it grows to five to six feet. But the scientists say that if under the best perfect conditions, it can grow up to 10 to 12 feet. Tiny little seed, exponentially growing. If the circumstance is perfect, then it can grow double what we expect, 10 to 12 feet. Mustard plants don't grow into what we normally think of as trees with wood trunks, barks, and big branches. But if the conditions are right, they could grow up to 10 to 12 feet. But even then, When Jesus describes this mustard seed growing into a tree where the bird will come and relax and build its nest, it's it's an exaggeration, you know. At best, it's a large shrub, not really a tree. But when Christ says that the mustard seed will become a tree, he's describing something unique that can happen with the mustard plant under certain conditions. That it can grow into a large tree-like bush. And I hope that our church can be that way as well. That we can fertilize this soil here. And when this church, 
when the circumstances are right and we're constantly building on these small, humble things, and when the time comes, it will exponentially grow. And it will be far greater, far greater than what we've ever imagined. I really want New Mercy Church to be a community that constantly shares love and grace of God that way. Small, ordinary ways we serve each other. We serve the community around us and beyond. And relentlessly, persistently, that one day, one day, we'll look back and we'll see this huge shrub. And others might point at our shrub and say, dude, you call that kingdom of God? That, that's your kingdom? That's so tiny. Look at mine. It's huge. It's filled with decoration, filled with power and authority and money. And look at how much I have. And yet, what God's going to bless is this shrub that we painstakingly, persistently put into. And when we look back, we can probably look at that shrub and say, thank you, Lord. Look at how much it's grown. And hopefully, this community will grow to so much bigger. Not just, I'm not just talking numbers. So much love and so much care. So much grace that others can come and build a nest upon it and feel safe. Feel okay with their brokenness. Come and understand and hunger and thirst for the gospel message. That those people who are broken can come and rest upon this bush called New Mercy Community Church. This community. And say, you know what? I can be who I am here. And at the same time, try to reach my potential of what God's speaking into my life. Because this community is so loving and so caring. Let us pray. Though small and insignificant, the mustard seed is not to be underestimated.